Hello and welcome to Plotris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're talking about When the Duke Loved Me by Lydia Lloyd. This was just published in 2023 and is the first book in the Rake Chronicles series. And full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary arc um, from Nagalli, so thank you. We've never read this author before. This is the first in a series, so I don't think we have any, like, admin. Let's just get right into the book jacket. Let's do it. They are both pretending to be someone else for the night. When Catherine Forster asks a handsome stranger to lead her out of the ballroom and into the Tremberley Gardens, she hopes to glimpse its renowned Roman ruins and maybe steal a kiss. But when she and her delectable escort are discovered in a scandalous embrace, Catherine is horrified to learn that she has been kissing John Bremenster, heir to the man who ruined her family. Given that the Forsters are his sworn enemies, John had no choice but to walk away from Catherine that night. But he has never been able to forget their close encounter. And even years later, still longs for her touch. Worse, when his father dies, John, now the Duke of Edgington, finds himself with a problem that only Catherine can help solve. Catherine agrees to help him in his quest for a price. On their journey, they soon begin to give in to temptation, even as they uncover troubling revelations about the past. Will John and Catherine overcome this shared history? Or will its secrets tear them apart forever? The answer to Lane's question is yes, and to my question is no. Because this is a romance novel, and they end up together. Spoiler, Spoiler alert! <laughs> I'm fine with this jacket. I'm fine with it. I'm fine with this jacket, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Very nice. So, uh, are the number we generated between 1 and 50 for this episode is 7. So, we each wrote 7 word summaries of this book. Uh, I'll go first. Enemies who have never met use pseudonyms. Obviously. Here's so they're, they, they're tricked into hooking up. They're tricked. They're tricked. Totally mm -hmm. tricked. Here's mine. I just met you and this is crazy. I only had seven words. I couldn't continue the lyrics. You didn't sing them though. No. The, the, I'm sorry, but this song has the worst melody, and I'm not singing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, basically the setup of this book is also sort of all you can say without spoiling it, which is why the jacket does the exact same thing with more words than we did. Basically, their families are sworn enemies because his dad was caught having an affair with her aunt and then her father basically bankrupted the family and brought shame upon them trying to bring various like lawsuits and expose yeah John. He, he sued her father sued his father and right. lost all of the lawsuits so um they've grown up with this enmity between their houses even though they don't know each other at all personally and have never actually met um but his father passes away and trope inheritance shenanigans the will he leaves stipulates that unless john can track down catherine's aunt mm -hmm. and give her an annuity 
that John's sister's dowry, which is like a really huge portion of the estate, will go to this awful cousin they both hated. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so he's like, all right, I got to find Catherine's aunt in a month. Yep. And so he goes to the only person who he can think can give him some clues, which is Catherine. And they set out on a road trip. So it's a road trip romance. Yeah. Um, she's also a blue stocking. Mm-hmm. So she's super interested in like monuments and histories. And so part of the excuse the night they met for them sneaking out in the gardens was her learning about the ancestral Roman ruins on the estate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She actually did want to see the Roman ruins. And then a lot more. But so she's actively writing a book. Mm-hmm. And she's fallen on hard times. Yes. Because she's now a sad tragic orphan. Yep. Um, also, he's a rake. This is the first of the rake chronicles. And I have something to say about he and his friends and their rakishness. I have the same feelings about them, Lane. So I think we just intersperse quality and tropes on this one. He and his friends were too dickish. I mean, the way they talk about women in the prologue is really gross, especially given a few of their propensity for, like, hooking up with servants and other women who, like, are not in positions of power. Yes. They're, like, laughing about one of them one of the group of friends, like making a pass at a maid in the ballroom Mm -hmm. and being like, well, clearly he's just got her to agree to an assignation. And there's no thought that like, she's not really consenting. Exactly. She's afraid she's going to lose her job if she doesn't. Exactly. Exactly. They were all too, it was too far. They all had, and they had these like horrible, like, I like married women. Oh, really? I like women with big boobs. Oh, I like servant women. I only Better when they don't have any teeth. And can't get my dick wet in the countryside. I don't yep. know. It, was, it, was, it went way too far. They weren't like... I get that it's a trope that every rake in romance novels only has sex with like women in unhappy marriages or like widows who are their peer in society. I get it. And I like, I get why that can be like a little unbelievable but it's sort of hard for me to buy that this whole series is going to be about redeeming these guys who speak about women so poorly and callously Mm -hmm. but i mean it 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 reminds me of the other series that we're reading the bed me books Mm -hmm. because it's i mean it's the same thing right right so i don't know i don't know if this is like a counter balance to a lot of like the feminist romances we've been reading recently. Like we want to go back and be more old school and make the guys be really mean. I don't know. This is not a feminist romance. Mm-mm. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. Um, here's my, honestly, my biggest. So besides that issue of the book, my other biggest issue with the book is that they, they meet in this ballroom This is not a spoiler. This is all in the book jacket, right? They meet. They see each other from across the room. They're like, ooh, that's the person I want to be with. They have, like, half of a waltz. They don't even do a full waltz. And then she's like, let's go see the ruins. They go out to the ruins. She checks them out. And then they're, like, just about to actually have sex on these ruins. Yeah, waltz in a garden fondle way more than a fondle. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's when they both realize who the other one is. I didn't mind the insta-lust. 
what bugged me about it. So that in itself was fine. The issue was then we jump to like 10 years later. And basically they've been pining for each other the entire time. He's like, oh, I've never gotten married because I could never get you out of my head. And I'm like, you guys had like maybe 30 minutes max with each other. I, it, I really feel like I could have handled a lot because this book is pretty bananas. There's a lot of banana stuff that happens in this book. I think I could have gotten on board with a lot of the stuff that happened if they had had like a longer relationship. They met at this waltz and then he's courting her. He's pretending to be a vicar and she's pretending to be someone else. But if he actually courted her in the guise of the vicar, right, for a month and then he's like, oh, I got to come clean and tell her like, I really want to marry her. So like, let's, you know what I mean? And that's when they found out. Or I like, could understand the pining. Then friends as kids. Yes. And this had been like a moment of reconnection where they didn't recognize each other, but there was like more shared history. I, I also, though, I wanted to say, I didn't mind the Insta Lust. I, I'm, I'm a little bit tired for all that I love books that get hot and heavy pretty quick without apology. I'm tired of heroine's first kisses being almost sex. Mm. I get that she was like 18. It's not like she was a kid, but it. I think that they had, the scene had to get that close to consummation to like raise the stakes and to sort of somehow justify that. They didn't forget about each other for like seven years or whatever, but it ended up feeling like we talk about humans, friends talk about women really cavalierly and like, aren't really great at consent. And it ended up feeling like this Raquel cornered a virgin and was going to like, yeah, using discard her. And yeah, the fact that he never forgot her is somehow supposed to be like moral justification for how squeaky that all is. Yeah. But I mean, and that's, that's why I'm saying too, is I really feel like if this prologue had been set up, a little bit differently mm -hmm. I think we might feel differently about the book itself to be completely honest like if there just had been a different backstory with a little bit more emotion it doesn't even have to be longer right it yeah. could really just be like these vignettes he saw her this he saw her here they had shared a few kisses and then they then they do one final waltz and that's when they see the the ruins and that's when they realize who each other are something like that yeah something like that I will say one other thing that really bothered me about this book, because on the whole, I ended up having a lot of fun with it. Yes, that's what I'm saying. The end of it, there's a whole lot of, we've just decided to stop communicating and yeah. make decisions for the other one without any like conversation. And it really, like, I was frustrated. Mm -hmm. It was not fun. I was like, come on, come on, yeah. get to the part where we make come it up, on. come on. Chop, chop. Time to talk. <laughs> but, but yeah. So, and that's the thing too, is I, I feel like, and we say this often, that the books that have so much potential and just missed the mark are the ones where we have like, you can almost pinpoint like, oh, just change this. And I would have like loved it. Yeah. And I feel like this is one of those books. I really do. I would be interested in reading another book by this author. Oh, absolutely. I will not reread this one. Correct. Yeah, I feel the same way. But I'm, I am totally ready to read another book by Lydia Lloyd. Honestly, I, I really appreciated the forced proximity, the only one bet at the end tropiness, the 
she's got to pretend to be his sister's tutor and then oh no she's actually got to tutor his sister because they have to like make the lie convincing i thought lydia lloyd did a really good job of like making the lust between them palpable and mm-hmm. sort of they did a lot of him ghosting her never again can't touch her must touch her we've made up in the same day oh no we just made out again and like it didn't get annoying yeah because I like bought the way they all they felt about each other and why they were like so exactly. were they one day um and I loved the way she called him on his bullshit and like yes. I don't know it, a lot of this in the middle worked for me mm-hmm. me too I I think also at least for me, I get the feeling that Lydia Lloyd knows historical romance and she knows what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I felt like she has a real affection for like romance in general. Do you know what I mean? Oh my God. There's a scene where th- that perfectly encapsulates where I liked this book and where I like the things I did not like about this book all at once. And it's when he's brought a seamstress in from London to make his sister dresses for the season because she's going to have her debut. And he tells the seamstress to stay and make some clothes for Lydia because she's been living in poverty because since her parents died, the family that took her in has fallen on hard times. And part of the reason she's agreed on this crazy scheme with him is he's going to pay her so that she can bring that family back into good standing. Mm -hmm. And so she's got like no clothes to wear to any of the events they're going to. So he brings in the seamstress and he won't leave the room while she's getting measured. Mm-hmm. So she gets totally naked to scare him out of the room. Right. And like, if this book had just been a little bit more batshit, I would have been like, fine, fuck it. But like, I was really invested in these characters. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, but this is just over the propriety line of what I'm willing to buy. And like, this is again, him forcing himself in a place where he doesn't belong. And yes, she takes control of the situation in a way that you're supposed to find funny, but it still doesn't change the fact that he wasn't actually like making her comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if it was like this moment of she gets this new wardrobe, which trope all the time. He brought out a seamstress to make her this new world or wardrobe trope all the time. He's like in crazy lust seeing her in the act of getting measured trope to high heaven. And then it just goes a little too far for me. Yeah. 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 Or like, yeah, he's really into the fact that she's a boostocking. Mm-hmm. So like he's really into the fact that when they're on the road trip, she doesn't pay attention to him because she's reading her book or like she has ink stains all over her fingers. Like these are like little tropey things that are just, they're just like so great. Yeah. Anyway. So like justifying her not wearing gloves. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah so much of this book worked for me and yes. then it would take a left turn into, Oh, we're now doing crazy. Okay. Okay. The entire backstory about the aunt. Oh my God, Lane! <laughs> I I I have to say I was absolutely not expecting it. Like, it's so unpredictable. I was. I'm still like, what just happened here? It was wild, wild. Yeah. I so I saw some of it coming. Some of it, sure, but but the composite whole. Oh God, yeah, I'm with you. Uh-huh. I was like, whoa. Uh, and I mean, I do think one of the interesting things about this book, and again, this is where there was a lot of potential, was 
the different perspectives that people give you on the ant. Yes. It reminds me of, you know, those movies where they'll film it differently from different people's perspectives. Mm -hmm. And um, each perspective gives you a different idea of this person, mm -hmm. but really they're their own person and they have their own motivations, right? Mm -hmm. um, but this person sees her as this like wonderful virgin. This person sees her as this like raging bitch. This person sees her as this wonderful maternal person. And I mean, she ends up being all of those things. Yep. It's, I mean, it's incredible. It's incredible, this aunt, her story. It was wild. It was wild. It was wild. Okay. Anything else? I think we can go to the next segment. Content warnings, Lane? So this douchey cousin, who oh, yeah. the father is threatening to leave all the money to, so oh, also yeah, like guy. evil heir, um, one, like basically attempted to child groom John's little sister, and mm -hmm. then does sexually assault her, or, or attempt to sexually assault her in the garden at a party. Mm -hmm. And the oh, he's stopped because Catherine shows up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that all sucked. That all sucked. It really sucked a lot. We already talked about his, John and his douchey friends. Yep. Um... I, I was uncomfortable with certain parts of the ant story. I don't know how much of them are spoilers, right? So mm -hmm. just be aware that there are some, there are really some issues with like. Infidelity. Yeah. And yeah. like. Defending the behavior. That is yes. unforgivable because you think you're in love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's 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 a it's tough. It's tough. It's very tough. And I mean, I, I actually that part of the of the book, it doesn't bother me, right? Like it mm -hmm. wasn't bothersome and I wasn't triggered or anything like that. But I was this is I think where I, the book really managed to surprise me as how complex and just like uh, kind of a bad person the aunt was mm -hmm. but like i was impressed by that mm -hmm. that lady Lloyd went there right that like she had truly been jaded yeah yes yes jaded is the perfect word exactly so i've seen this line all right yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> there were a couple of moments where i was like now no or they like, wow, that escalated quickly. But, like, I bought these two characters. We talk a lot about how, like, enemies to lovers, which is the main trope of this book, which we somehow just glossed right over, often doesn't feel believable. Like, they're not really enemies. Like, they really grew up hating the idea of each other. Yeah, they did. Um, And they don't leave a great impression on each other in their nope. first couple of interactions. Nope. And yet the fact that there's, like, this palpable lust has underscored every, like, in-person interaction they've had. Yeah. And it it justified enemies to lovers a lot better than a lot of books try to. Yes. Yes. It did. It did. It worked. 
And I mean, it, it worked with like the whole idea of hate sex and then like hating yourself that you wanted to have sex with the person. It, it worked. And there's a lot of like her getting off, like grinding on him mm-hmm. and like carriage hookups and waking up together hookups and uh, and desk sex and desk sex. Like it, th- this was a very like sexy book. And I don't mean that in terms of like the sexiness of the sex scenes, though those were not problematic at all in no. terms of the sexiness factor, but in terms of like that, you got the stakes like why they were sneaking around and everybody having these opinions about them and there being secrets in their own past. And I'll give Lydia Lloyd credit until the end with the, oh, third act breakup bullshitty reasons that involve bad communication. I thought they were doing a pretty good job of like talking past their issues mm-hmm. and the sex being used to strengthen their bond. And mm-hmm. like you got why they were opening up together, to each other and being more vulnerable. Like, the middle of this book was really good. Yes, yes, yes. I totally agree. Because there was this moment, there are several, to be fair, she sets up this miscommunication idea because they do have an, a moment of miscommunication, but they like talked it through right away. Mm-hmm. And it felt so good as a reader to read that and be like, oh, they did it. Like they talked about it. It was great. And then later there's another moment where you're like, oh, but at least she did set it up, I guess. I, I didn't love it either, Lane, you know. But anyway, I, I am excited to see what else Lydia Lloyd writes, honestly. Really promising debut. Absolutely. Just a little too much, like, douchey bro and sexual assault for us. <laughs> yeah, you know. A little too much. Soup son. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, subscribe, and check us out wherever you can find Plattress. 